At the time of this recording, the world is in the midst of a viral pandemic. Many people are afraid. Many people are in isolation, voluntary or otherwise. Some are sick or will become sick. And indeed, some are dying. In this special series of the Guru Viking podcast, I ask my guests how to work with fear, anxiety and panic. How to work with isolation. How to work with sickness and death and how to help others who are also having those experiences. Neither I nor my guests are medical professionals, and this podcast is not medical advice. Fear, sickness, and death are perennial human experiences, and it's my hope that these episodes will be of use not only to those who are being affected now by this situation, but also of use to others beyond it. So, Paul Cavell, thank you for joining me on this special edition of the podcast. You're welcome. It's um, it's an interesting moment in our lives, I think. This the first thing. You know, many people at this point are frightened, uh, experiencing anxiety, or perhaps even panic. What would you say to somebody who came to you and said, "Paul, I'm frightened. I'm anxious. I'm panicking." So, first of all, I'd like to frame it because at different points in history, there are different focuses and people operate in different ways and it's been said and i totally agree with the statement that anxiety is the disease of the modern age now one of the issues here is the fact that all of our lives are being sped up and we are relying more and more on technologies and more and more on these systems. We're building systems on top of systems on top of systems. And as you're seeing now, when one thing happens, all of these things go like dominoes. So supply chains, um, there's not enough room in hospitals, there's not enough uh, healthcare practitioners, and everybody starts to panic because they might not get what they need, yes? So, and from another perspective, our lives have become really complicated. And so you see a lot of people now, they don't know how to cook well. They don't know how to take care of themselves. If they cannot buy their takeaways or their ready-made foods or, or whatever in the supermarkets, they're, they're really stuck, yes? We're losing our very basic fundamental threads of how to live as human beings. So once that supply chain becomes, slows down or there's some break in it, the anxiety goes way up and people's bio-survival anxiety, the baseline of everything, will I survive, comes on strong. And this is designed it's in our neurology so that if you're in a situation and you can change that situation, there is nothing else that will get in the way. So basically, it clears the decks. Biosurvival anxiety clears the decks and you just go for survival. Once you survive, then you get back to all the regular other considerations in your life. Yes? And right now, People are going into this biosurvival anxiety. Now, anxiety is, it attacks the heart. And so stress levels rise, 
um, heart rates increase dramatically, and you're in this, what can I do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And the mind starts to spin around and around and around. When this happens to you, you are unlikely to make clear decisions. You're unlikely to find the answers. And so the first thing you've got to do is somehow come out of that state, yes? And this is where Qigong, the work that we do, Qigong, Tai Chi, meditation, this is where this comes into its own because it has a whole array of techniques that are designed to ground you, yes? To release that stress and to get your mind to slow down so that you can look at the situation correctly and make bad decisions. So it's interesting, um, in America, the whole thing about toilet rolls, and there's been reports that the, um, the, the, the situation is so dire with the toilet rolls, People are watching people buying the last toilet rolls off the shelf, putting them in their car, going into the next shop, and then they're breaking into their cars for those toilet rolls. I also heard uh, my wife's in California at the moment, and her local stores were out. She went online. Toilet rolls, one large packet, $699 on Amazon. This is shocking. And I'm sure somebody will pay it through their panic. Yes, I don't know why it's toilet rolls. Here it's food. It's fresh food here in Spain. People are clearing the shelves of fresh food. But this whole panic scenario, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you just wait five minutes, you calm down, you ground, and you look at the situation, you will make better decisions, and they may be life-saving decisions. So I'd like to just go through one little loop. When it hit Spain, it went quite high. It went from uh, 2,000 to 11,000 cases in a very short period of time. I think it was only a couple of days. And when it happened, everybody went out panic buying and they bought everything. And the shelves were cleared out. No fresh fruit, no fresh vegetables. Um, all sorts of things were missing off the shelves. And then everybody self-isolated. And a few days later, all those supplies come back into the supermarkets. Nobody were in the shops. Nobody was in the shops. Yes. And the shops are full of stuff within a few days. Yes. And so rather than getting into that mess, and arguing and fighting and pushing to get those last packets of whatever the hell it is. By sitting at home for a few days and resting and then going into the shop, you actually got more and you didn't put yourself through those stress spikes, you see. And so right now, as a, as a, as a group of people, we need to really calm down and just ground, de-stress and do things to help boost our immune system 
so that if we come in contact with it, it will have a less effect upon us. Yes? And honestly, making, not just making better decisions, but if you're in a calm state when you do go out, you will keep more distance, you will notice, you'll be more aware of the people around you, and if someone's coughing and sneezing over there, you'll take a different route through the shop or whatever. And when you when you do those things, it can really meet, it can really make a big difference to the outcome. The issue with the anxiety and the stress is everything narrows in. Yes, the adrenal glands are ignited, and you go into hyperdrive. And nobody, but nobody, makes good decisions in that scenario. So if you take the um, if you take the internal arts as an example, if you watch these big these cage fights and stuff on television, these are trained martial artists. They train all their life. They train hours a day. The moment they get in the ring, the anxiety, the adrenals cut in, the adrenaline surges through your bloodstream. All their fine motor control goes out the window. All their special techniques are unavailable, even after years of professional training. Yes? And if you can just stop that stress spike and that anxiety, then you're going to be on a good road. So this is my first piece of advice for everybody. Yes? Do your best not to get caught up in the stress spikes. Yes. Try to relax. Do things to ground, de-stress, and relax. And from that space, make your decisions. Are there any examples of practices or strategies? I understand that there's a whole suite of them in the internal arts that people could do or that you could point people towards, perhaps? To ground, to de-stress? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of things. First of all, um, another thing that happens with the stress, uh, the stress spike is that all your energy goes up into your head and into your brain, okay? And it puts you in a pure mental state. And when you're in a mental state, you don't feel, okay? So let's do a little something, okay? I want you to right now just put your mind into your left hand. Yeah, not physically put it in, but let your mind go to your left hand and just feel your left hand. Okay? Feel the sensations of your left hand. And just stay there for a, a minute or two whilst your mind goes into your hand. You can feel it, yes? And it should start to come alive that bit more than the rest of your body. If you put your mind and you keep your mind there, it becomes a little bit heightened. Yes? Great. Now, I'd like you to do a, 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 a sum for me. What is 15 times 3? 45. Divided by 2. 22.5. Times 4. 84. 80. Where's your hand? It's gone. <laughs> okay, and that's a simple thing. 
That's a little simple thing. You're saying that the, my having had to struggle there with that last sum, my contact with my hand was broken and suddenly my mind's in this sort of conceptual space. That's the demonstration. You left your kinesthetic sense of feeling your body, all your energy and attention went into your brain and you went into a pure mental space. Okay. Now, in our modern world, most people live there most of the time. The issues are these. For a start, all the time you're in the, the brain, the brain is the top priority for any supply of the body. Blood, nutrients, oxygen, everything. Brain is number one in the hierarchy. So if you start using your brain a lot, everything's sucked into the brain and the body doesn't get what it needs. The brain will literally suck the energy and everything from your organs, from your blood, from your tissues, from your nerves, from everything. Yes? And therefore, your body becomes weakened by this. And your mind spins around and around and around and you cannot get out of that circle. So we have a number of practices that drop all the energy out of the brain into the body, connect with the body physically. And when you do that, the energy comes out of the brain into the body and you stop churning. You stop going around and around and around these thoughts that are getting you nowhere. Oh, I haven't got food. If I go out, I might get the coronavirus. And if I get the coronavirus, I'm going to die. But I haven't got any food. And if I don't eat, I'm going to die. What am I going to do? And you go, diddly, 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 right? After a while, you get into a hyper state. And your brain will take everything from the body. The Chinese call it the brain eats the body. Yes. Okay. Because it is consuming all the oxygen, all the blood, all the nutrients in order to continually spin faster and faster. So you've got to get that energy out of your head and into your body. So we have sinking chi practices, dissolving practices, we have breathing practices, we have movement practices, we have meditation practices, and all of those in their own way get the energy to balance between the brain and the body, get it to circulate so it doesn't stay in any one place. And in the circulation of your chi and your fluids, what happens is you build up a robust system both energetically and your immune system gets boosted and your body becomes harmonized and the stress levels drop. Stress is one of the biggest destroyers of the immune system. Okay? So all the time you're in that stress cycle, you are destroying your immune system. Now the Taoist practices are quite detailed and complex so when you get into them all of your mental space is taken up with doing the practices and feeling the body and balancing your chi yes and there's no space left for the 
churning thoughts and worries and concerns within your mind. So you get this break from them. And once you get to that stage, you realize, oh, I'm still here. I'm still here. Nothing's happened. And I wasn't worrying about it. Yes. So you then realize I can survive. Once you realize I can survive, then the whole biosurvival anxiety starts to drop. Yes. Now, obviously, the better you are at those practices, the better you're going to be able to get into that. So in the beginning, it's kind of like after the situation has happened and you're in the stress spike and you're in the, 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 the stress cycles and everything, um, and then you realize you're in it and then you leave that situation. Let's say you're out in the town and you hit this thing. You're unlikely to deal with it in the moment. And then you come back and then you do some practice and basically you come down and you reground and everything and things smooth out and you feel better. Yes. But if you practice for a period of time, you get to the point that you can stop it in the moment. Now, this is a real major advantage because if you're out there in the whole thing and things are going really wacky, yes, then you can go, hold on here, ground, boom, get back in your body, yes, release that nonsense from your brain and make better decisions. Because you see, we don't know where this is going. And um, the first reports here were, we're gonna have uh, only essential travel um, for 15 days. But then there's been some things leaked from the military that, well, it's not 15, it's 45 days, yes? And now there's chatter about actually it's three to four months. So if we're going to be here for that period of time, so long as all the supply chains happen, everything moves smoothly, then we just have to sit at home for a while. Yes. And hopefully we can pick up on this point later because there's a silver line into this cloud. Yeah, there really is. Um, but if, it, if those supply chains don't, become smooth, if more people get ill, if the uh, medical system gets overburdened and people start to become more anxious and more panicky and buying everything that's available, they don't know how long it's going. Yes, you will see it and people will start to attack each other for what they have. I mean, we know this because when, uh, was it, wasn't it Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans? Um, within a week, people were killing each other for food. So we know what will happen if the worst comes to the worst, yes? So staying out of those scenarios is obviously a priority for everybody. And the government's priority is making sure those supply chains are open and fed, yes? and making sure people get what they need so that we don't go into those super hyper um, states and start doing really horrible things to each other. So now is the time. 
to ground and to become solid in yourself so that you can help the people around you and you're not a burden on those people. Because if you're a burden on your family and your friends, the local people, your local community, the more people are a burden on that, the more stress it puts on the whole cycle. Yes? And the more you can stand in your grounded position and remain calm, yes, the more it's going to help those around you as well as you yourself. I think we touched on this one in the last uh, interview, Steve. We're like guitar strings. You pluck one guitar string and the others resonate. If you're resonating calmness, groundedness, stability, you'll spread that amongst the people. If you're stressed, anxious and panicky, you will, you will spread that to the people. So I feel this is really important, not just for individuals, but for the people that they love and care about. Thank you. There are certain people who are sick or will become sick. What would you say to somebody who came to you and said, Paul, I've been diagnosed with a sickness or I have indeed fallen sick? Okay, well, here we go. So I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. Um, all of the material I have is through the Chinese system, the Taoist system. Um, and for the last six years, I have been studying herbalism, not in any particular course, but I've been following a particular herbalist that I, that I, um, I really rate. And I have been studying that for six years. And I think that the herbal medicines, um, especially a lot of the Chinese herbal medicines, are um, really good. The problem with these are they're in very short supply at the moment because everybody in the know has already stocked up on their, their stuff. And I'm not sure what the um, medical system is um, using to overcome these issues. And at the moment, I think anybody that is in need of medical attention can get that medical attention, yes? But if we're going to be looking at what's going to happen if that system gets overburdened, yes, okay, then we, we're in a different scenario. If they cannot take all the people that are ill, yes. And most people with this one, you see, because this is a very infectious disease, but it's not a very deadly disease which means it's going to spread through the population very easily, as we've seen these jumps. London went from 500 to, what was it, 1,000 or more in a single day. So these, these jumps are going to go pretty quickly because this doubling happens, yes? This is the problem. When it's in the low numbers, it's not a problem. But when it gets into the thousands, now you can infect the tens of thousands. And when it's in the tens of thousands, you can affect the millions. And it can jump pretty quick. Yes? So most people need good nutrition. They need rest. And they need somebody to take care of them. Yes, somebody to, to bring them what they require, because 
from uh, everything I've seen, if you get really ill with this, it's very, um, it's, it's very serious and you can't even sit up at times. Yeah. So from my, from my perspective, the things I'm doing is making sure I do a good amount of daily practice because I know these things work to improve your immune system and if you're ill, they reduce the severity of the illness. Yes. And again, I want to go back to this stress thing because it's very relevant here. If you do get ill, stressing about it is going to make it worse. Yes. And a lot of that stress comes from the fact that people don't want to accept that they have received that illness. Yeah, they, they have contracted that illness. This creates a dichotomy. I don't want to be ill. Yes, again, the bio-survival anxieties. But you've got to somehow clear your mind and ground, and it will have much less of an effect on your system if your system is smooth, if your nervous system is relaxed then your immune system can do what it needs to do. But again, if you freak out, sucks all the energy to the head, the body doesn't get what it needs to heal. And look, let's look at it from this. Whether you go for traditional Western medicine or whether you go for Chinese herbal medicine, the medicine doesn't heal you. Your body does. The medicines support your body whilst you're ill so that you can heal. Because what actually will kill the virus are your T cells. And your body has to make specific T cells to kill that specific virus. That's the whole way that uh, vaccination works. They put a small dosage in your body. You're, you get ill for a couple of days, your body makes the antibodies, the T-cells, and the T-cells kill the virus. So then when you get a larger, stronger dose of that virus, your body's already worked it out. You with me? So if your fluids do not um, circulate strongly, if your etheric field and your weight is weak, you are more likely to contract the virus and you're more likely to have a stronger illness with that virus, okay? So we work on two basic things. One, building the strength of the Wei Qi, which is the layer, the protective layer of Qi just below your skin, yes? And your etheric field, which is the layer of Qi outside your skin, okay? And in Strengthening those two layers, it has been noted over thousands of years, you are far less likely to contract disease. It doesn't make you immune, yes, okay, but you are less likely to. So you get on a plane, somebody has a cold, you're on a long haul flight, at the end of that journey, half the plane is sneezing and coughing and the other half aren't. Why? Yes. Some people's immune systems are stronger and some people's immune systems are weaker. 
same strength, same exposure, the air circulated around, you walk up and down the aisle, yes, you get your food from the same people, you're exposed to the same conditions, some people get ill, some people don't. In boosting the, um, the Wei Qi in the etheric field, this really helps you to um, strengthen your ability to not contract the disease in the first place. Then the circulation of the body's fluids. Now, everybody knows about their blood, but the blood is, is basically one of the five major fluids of the body. You have interactions from the blood through the interstitial fluid, you have your cerebral spinal fluid and your synovial fluid. And those other four fluids are derivatives of blood plasma. And they all link with the blood. So the blood, the, the blood plasma comes into the tissues and then it goes back into the blood again. The lymph fluid comes out of the blood, runs through the lymph system and goes back into the blood again. And interstitial fluid and lymph are full of white corpuscles, the white blood vessels. And the white blood vessels are there to gobble up all of the invaders, bacterial, viral invaders, microbes that come into your body. So if your body's fluids do not circulate well, there'll be nooks and crannies and corners of your circulatory system that are dormant and virus and bacteria can thrive in those dormant areas. So in creating full circulation of the body's fluids, you make sure that those antibodies, those white blood cells, get to every nook and cranny and can fight that invader off. Yes? So this is a really important point. And the internal arts will do the blood circulation, the fluid circulation of the body, way better than normal Western sports or athletics or external arts of any form. They are built around it. It's in the design of the system, yes? Fluid circulation is a big thing. You're born about 75% fluid, and when you die, your body's down to 50% or less. So you literally dry out as you age. And if you, if you strongly circulate your fluids throughout your lifetime, it has been tested and proved that you don't dry out as you age. This is one of the big secrets to the longevity programs. Yes? Because there's these membranes. If we take the synovial fluid in a joint, for instance, there's a joint inside, there's the, the capsule that surrounds the joint, and in that capsule is a fluid called synovial fluid, and that is to bring nutrients to the area, and that is to lubricate the joint. Well, on the inside of that capsule is a synovial membrane, and when that synovial membrane is stretched and released in particular ways, it secretes more fluid, and it builds more fluid up in the joint. And then your body goes, I need more fluid, and so it it, it holds on to the fluids that you're drinking. It doesn't release them. It increases the body's fluid capacity. Yes? 
And this does all sorts, every function in your body just about requires fluids to some degree. Digestion, yes, everything. Getting rid of the dead cells, getting oxygen to every cell of your body, getting the carbon dioxide out, getting the cellular waste out of your body. Everything requires fluids. So as you age and the fluids reduce, your functionality reduces. And then you start getting aches and pains and problems. You visit the doctor more and blah, blah, blah. So those that have been seen to be training with the Qigong throughout their lives, and it doesn't even have to be throughout your life. A lot of people in China don't start to their 40s or 50s or even 60s. Yes. And they turn their health around. Okay. It's just that if you start earlier, you get a much bigger bang for your buck. But as you practice these arts, then you can really improve these functions in the body. Okay? So that's a, that's a bit of an insight into why we do what we do. So around the world, some people are facing the prospect of their own death. What would you say to somebody who said, came to you and said, Paul, I'm, I'm worried I'm dying, or Paul, I am in fact dying? Now, this is a tough one. Um, but as they say, there's only one thing you're sure of when you are born, and that is you will die. Or as the joke goes, life, no one gets out alive. Yes, it's an inevitability. So now in the West, we're getting to this point where we can't talk about it. You know, we can't use the word death or dying. It's like, oh, they passed away. Yes. Oh, they went to the other side. Yes. And we fluff it all up in this. These, 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 these soft words so that what we don't do is deal with the issue that we will one day die. Yes. So I need to start from that perspective because most people try to avoid it until there it is and oh my God. And at that point, people do all sorts of crazy stuff. They convert to, to religions. They renounce their religion. They leave all their things to strange like cat houses or whatever it is they do they really kind of go Woo, at the end yeah well from a spiritual perspective the idea is to go out smoothly yes don't go out with a <laughs> yes because your mind is being splintered and one stream that runs through most spiritual traditions, at least the ones I've looked at, the passing, yes, is supposed to be done in a smooth, quiet, and comfortable way. Yes? Now, if you believe or are willing to entertain the idea of reincarnation, then the smoother you go out, the better it will be for your next re-entry. Okay? If you don't, 
adhere to, believe in, or are willing to consider the reincarnation model, it's all over anyway. So would it be better that you went out with a real hyper stress spike or just relax through the scenario? If, if, if at least that will help the people around you deal with your death. Yes. But as far as I'm aware, everything I have been taught over the years, the um, smoother you go out, the more comfortable it is for you and the better place it puts you in for your return on the next round. So if we look at this from a Taoist perspective, um, last time I introduced the idea of the eight bodies, yes? Well, when you're born, you release the eighth body, the Tao, the universe, the connection with all and everything, and you gain the physical and the energetic body. Yes, the physical body and the energetic body, the two lowest bodies. So you lose the top body and you gain the bottom two. Okay. And when you die, you lose the bottom two and you gain the top one. So it's kind of like an elevator with eight floors. And the top floor is twice the size of the other floors. And you lose the bottom two floors. I'll do it here. You lose the bottom two floors and gain the top. You lose the top and you gain the bottom two. Death, life, death. So this mid-band here, yes, from the emotional body through to your essence is the part of you that continues and doesn't become lost or destroyed, yes? So from this perspective, it's entering into a different realm. Now, some people find that very um, helpful and calming because they do, and other people say it's a load of nonsense, there's no evidence for it and all the rest of it. Okay, yes, everyone's um, allowed to believe what they wish to believe. Given that in the Taoist model, those, other than the physical and energetic, those energy bodies are continuing on, what sort of considerations are there when one's alive in tending to those, strengthening those, integrating those? Are there such practices or considerations that one can do whilst one's alive to optimize the part that goes on? Yes. I mean, now this is the whole purpose of the spiritual path. Yes. The whole purpose of the spiritual path and why religions have organized themselves in such a way to cut off from the secular world. Because then if you engage in, you know, business and money and sex and food and da, 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 all these lovely pleasures in life, then it will draw you away from the spiritual path of finding completeness or wholeness or oneness or unifying your soul or your spirit in some way in order to evolve spiritually through lifetimes 
You know, the Taoists don't necessarily agree with the isolation. They say it's individual. Some people will need to go into isolation to do those things. And some people can do it whilst living in the secular world. They don't have to. But this has always been the dichotomy over the aeons, you know. Are you more in the material realm or are you more in the spiritual realm? Yes. And how much of your life force energy do you put into the material and into the spiritual? And this is that silver lining I was talking to you about. Right now, everybody is enforced to stay in their homes, at least in quite a large chunk of Europe. We're not allowed to go to the next town. If we go out on the road, there's police blocks and they ask you, what is your business doing driving? Yes. Okay. In France, you have to fill out a paper before you go out of your home and only one member from that household is allowed out at any point in time. And if you're not on the route to do those specific things that you've written down on that paper, you get arrested. This is where we are right now in Europe. Yes. They're talking of locking London down. So at some point, if you haven't already been confined to your home, you will be at some point in Europe. So what are you going to do? I mean, this is the curse of the Westerner. A Westerner cannot live, be in a room by themselves for a couple of hours without going crazy. And we're not doing too bad at the moment because we have the Internet. If the Internet goes down, then people are really going to find out what is inside of them. Yes. Because we rely so much on all these external systems and these communications. I see the kids today, they're not off their phones for more than 30 seconds at a time. If that internet goes down, what are they going to do? They're going to be lost. So now you have this space. You have this space and you have this time. And you can do a lot of inner reflection. Whether you have practices or you don't have practices, you can reflect on you as a human being. You can watch your emotional states coming and going. You can watch your mind and the thoughts that are happening to you. And you can make a decision. I don't like the way I am being. And change it. The primary function in the Taoist arts is to generate change. They don't say what change that should be. All they say is change is constant. Which direction are you going in? So you can make the decision right now to stay at home, look inside, reflect or you can binge watch on netflix for the next couple of weeks or more but even that's going to get boring after a while okay i mean they did that experiment when um, when there was a um, in the 70s there was a, a shortage of labor a shortage of jobs and work and people were held to a three-day week and of course production plummeted yes because there used to be a five-day week. After a little while, though, people had four days rest every week. They become very rested, and they got bored. When they went to work, they actually worked. And in certain situations, production went up higher than it was in the five days, because people are tired, they don't want to be there, they don't feel they have enough downtime. Well, folks, here's your downtime, okay? 
enforced downtime. So take it easy, breathe smoothly, breathe deeply, feel your body, ground your energy, relax. Take this as it comes and there will be changes. There's going to be changes. The government never gives you the whole picture up front because if they do, you'll freak out even more. And they're worried about everybody freaking out and, and looting and robbing on the streets. So they can't release all the info in one go. So it will be drip fed. So you know there's going to be changes coming down the pipe. Flow with change. This is the basic Taoist premise of life. Flow with change. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing and what everybody else has. And my neighbor's got 16 more toilet rolls than me. So what? You'll live without them. Okay? Flow with change. Go inside. Chill. Relax. Wait. People don't know how to wait for anything anymore. They hit the key on the computer or their smartphone and they get a result immediately. Well, if you go back 50 years, that reality didn't exist. You go back 100 years, it took a long time to get a reply from a letter. Yes? And I mean, we've had lots of emails because obviously my courses have been cancelled. And people have been requesting from me um, some online training because they want to continue doing the practices. And we're in the process of setting that up. We're just getting the technology together, you know, the access portals and that sorted out. And then we will be doing some stuff. And um, we will be doing some stuff basically to cover this area of anxiety, de-stressing, grounding and boosting the immune system because right now that I feel is the best that we can do. But you have this time. Go inside, feel, watch how you feel, watch how you think, watch your emotions, watch your mind and then change that which you do not like. That which does not sit well with you because you see if something is true to you, it will feel right. And Taoism, the practice in Taoism is all about releasing the force, getting rid of that which is not you. You're, the thoughts that didn't come from you, they come from somewhere else. The feelings, the emotions, how you operate, what you do, because it's the social norm, or it's the government requirement, or it's the whatever, whatever, the politically correct thing to do. Yes? Go inside, release everything that is false. What remains must be true, and that is true to you, true to your essence. And that's the spiritual path. Yes? Okay, so we can all do some reflection and some inner searching right now. You've already, I think, uh, spoken somewhat to my next question, uh, which is how to help those who are sick or dying uh, or to support those who are frightened around you. You've already mentioned that 
by bringing yourself into a state of groundedness and calmness that you're going to be more useful and you'll be, forgive the pun, infectious in a positive way. Do you have anything else to say about any further comments on how to support people who are anxious or are sick or who are dying? When people are on the verge of leaving this world, they reflect deeply. They reflect about what they did, how they did it, the bad things they did, why they did them, what they should have done, what they shouldn't have done. They start trawling through, yes? Kind of a summary of their life and how they feel about it. People going through this need two things. They need love and compassion. They need you to be there for them. They need to feel like they count. They were, they are loved and they are cared for. Not just in the moment, but that they meant something. Their life wasn't a waste. And the second thing they need is to go out as clean as possible. If you have any unresolved issues, anything from the past, any points of conflict that have not been resolved, now is the time to resolve it. Because you see, everybody has regrets. Everybody has regrets when they're leaving this world. And if you leave with those regrets, it binds you to those people. And if there is a karmic loop, you will have to come back to those people in the future and resolve it in a future lifetime. And when you do something bad and you do nothing about it, you carry that with you. Now, the Taoist perspective is to clean that up as you go down the road. Yes? Because if you go to someone and say, look, I really messed up here. Okay, I was, I was out of order. I was wrong. I was, I was not nice. I was not a nice person. I did wrong. And I want you to know that I understand now that how I behaved was not good. And I apologize for this. And I want things to be clean between us. And then you move on and you feel, oh, a weight. And normally, not every time, but normally that kind of approach is received by people and accepted. Yes? People will accept, okay, everyone's human, everyone makes mistakes, and they accept that. And you feel, and, and then, you know, and quite often you see this, like two people are against each other, and it comes to a head, and they have an explosion of some kind, and then they go through everything, they sort it out, and they become really good friends from that point forward. They cannot become friends if it is not resolved. If you have had issues in the past, or the present with those people that are very close to you and they're on their way out, sort it out with them now. Because then, when they depart, you do not carry that with you. You do not have that weight. 
However, if you miss that opportunity, you will regret it. Because you see, it's not just, even if they're 100% wrong, it's still not just in them, it's in you. You are carrying it. Both of you are carrying that unresolved issue. So even if they're 100% wrong and they don't resolve, you don't resolve it with them and they go, you still carry it. Yes? And let's be honest, generally it's not 100%. Generally, both parties share to some degree some responsibility in any conflict. Yes? Resolving those issues before the person leaves allows them to pass smoothly because that's not churning through their mind in their last hours. It lets them know that you acknowledge them as a human being and you care for them enough to resolve those issues and you are free of it when they go so you don't carry it for the rest of your life i received this advice very early in my reality and so when my mother was dying or she was approaching death I went to her and spent time with her and I went through these things with her and initially upset her. Yes. And there's no doubt that it will. And it's because it's unresolved. But we managed to get through it. It made the, our relationship better and smoother with the time she had left. And generally, we try to avoid these things. We like to put blame on others. We try to avoid it. We move on. But that's not a spiritual path, you see. The spiritual path is taking on board those issues and resolving those issues directly with the people and making sure that things are clean, as clean as anybody can make it. Because let's be honest, unless you're completely enlightened, things are not going to be perfectly clean. But there's, there's a lot of grey between the black and the white. Yes? And the lighter that grey, the better it is. You've spoken already a lot about the silver lining of the situation, which is time to reflect, time to engage in practices you may have. Do you have any advice for those who find themselves in isolation, whether it's self-imposed or otherwise? One of the things that I think can happen to people in extended seclusion, whether it's a, a voluntary retreat or a situation like we're in now, is the day can begin to lose its tone. One stays up later into the night, one can become quite depressed, difficult to get anything productive done, difficult to engage perhaps in the beneficial practices that you may have. Alternatively, things can get quite anxious, quite high-strung and uh, at that kind of a high level. But these sorts of drifting to those um, two extremes of, of, of depression or being very high-strung, do you have any advice as to how to prevent that happening or indeed how to remedy it if one finds oneself in that deflated or high-strung state? Yeah, you touched on a lot of things there, but um, I look at it like this. Your normal work, your normal, um, your normal daily activities—going to work, 
have in these particular things you must do or you've agreed to do or you want to do in your day punctuates everything, yes? Now, I, I personally had to, to, um, to do this because I don't work for anybody and I haven't worked for anybody for nigh on 40 years. Well, no, hold on, that's slight exact. Oh, no, nigh on 40 years. I'm older than I thought, obviously. So if I just drifted, I, I wouldn't get anything done. I wouldn't achieve anything. A lot of people don't have to build their own schedule because they're told this is when you're at work. This is when the class is on that you're going to go to the class. This is when the TV program's on that you're going to watch TV. This is the gap that you have for your lunch. You have to have your breakfast before this time because you've got to get that train at this time. You get a, so your whole day is set up for you, okay? So I would say this. First of all, most people push themselves well beyond their 70%, well beyond their two-thirds capacity that is a healthy way of living. If you look at the Shoshone people, the Shoshone tribe in America, they spend four hours a day digging up roots and looking for berries and stuff for food. They have 20 hours a day to do what they want. Okay? That's a relaxed lifestyle. Yes, we're all sold. Oh, when the computers come, we'll have less to do. Oh, yeah? Well, most people work more now than they ever have before. So because people are being pushed beyond their 70%, their two-third capacity, Take some downtime. Take some time to sleep in, to not get up, to, to relax, to watch a couple of movies, to generally chill out. Yes? And I'd also say, you know, do a few breathing practices where you just, you just breathe, breathe, focus on your breathing, just breathe in and out of your nose smoothly, evenly, softly. Yes? Okay, and just follow your breath in and out of your body 10 or 15 minutes, lying on your back with your knees in the air and your feet flat on the, on the bed or the couch. And just breathe for 10 or 15 minutes and let everything else go and just let your body go. Yes, this can be really helpful just to de-stress and just to let the nerves go and to wind down. But don't let that go on for too long that not doing very much because then you get into the lethargic or I can't be bothered or the depressive or the feeling like anxious again, I must do something with my life. Yes, whatever it is. And then you have to build yourself something, but build it slowly. Say, okay, I am going to set my alarm and I'm going to get up at a particular time of day. And then getting up at a particular time of day, it doesn't have to be as early as you get up. It doesn't have to be late. It can be whatever you whatever you choose. But I'm going to get up at a certain time of day. I'm going to eat my meals at a particular time of day. Just start with really basic. I'm going to shower at least twice, three times a week. I'm going to adhere to these basic living, yes, so that you don't get lost in the source completely. 
And then from there, start going, okay, in this gap, I'm going to do this. In this gap, I'm going to do that. And start putting things in, whether they're work things or whether they're for you as a person or just cleaning the house up, tidying up the house, getting it. I mean, look, we all push these little jobs to the side. I mean, this last couple of weeks, I've been getting all sorts done. I'm normally now gearing up. I should be in London next weekend. That's not happening. Yes? Okay. I had an eight-day trip to London. Then I had another one to Crete. Then I had another one to London. Then I was off to the US. All of that is now wiped off my curriculum. So all those preparations and all those things I used to have to do for those, 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 those trips, they're not happening now. So I have space in my life. So I'm doing all these jobs around. I'm getting things cleaned up, put away, tidied up, getting rid of. I've been throwing everything away that I don't need. Clearing out getting rid of the old, accepting the change, and moving forward. And I spent a few days doing very little, and now I'm starting to gear up. Um, like I said, we're going to do some online live streaming to, to help people with this scenario. So now I'm getting back to work, but that's a complete shift from my normal reality. Yes. So it's like, what, how can you be productive? What can you do to improve your life? But there's this old, old attitude. It's like, if you hold on to everything in the past, if you hold on to everything old, there is no space for the new. Yes? And you get stuck in a rut. Now's the time that you can shift this. Yes? And it's, it's been really nice going through the house and getting rid of all this stuff that's just stuffed in cupboards and stuff that you don't need and you don't want. You don't even know why you bought it in the first place. It's like give away the good stuff, throw away the rubbish, clear it out. It makes you feel really fresh internally. Yes? And it helps you to change and adapt with the times. And if you can do some practices, and, and you don't have to do Taoist practice, there's all sorts out there that can help you. Yes, it's just that's my particular stream. Yes, but if you can do some kind of breathing, some meditation, some qigong, some relaxing practice, it's really good. And it can put you on a good road. It can make some positive shifts. One of the things that I think are, a lot of people think of when they think of Taoist practices and so on is the sexual aspect and the idea of the sexuality and the energy of the body being linked in some sorts of ways. Are there any special considerations, for instance, to do with ejaculation or these sorts of things that are relevant at a time of high stress or infectious disease going around? Okay, that's quite an interesting uh, subject. Uh, I'm not going to shy away from that subject. First of all, there's two approaches in Taoism, the fire and the water method. And I think you'll find that this uh, semen retention material is coming more from the fire tradition. And look, if you split the population up, there's three basic sections. There's those that really enjoy sex, there's those that are freaked out by it, don't want it, are not interested at all. 
And there's those that are, eh, take it or leave it. So, and, and they're about a third of the population, those three groups. So for a start, if, if it is for you, then it is for you. If it isn't, then you have nothing to worry about. But what has been found, because you asked that specific, and I know there's a lot of this material running around, is that if you do the, 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 the semen retention practices and you are highly sexual, you have to be careful because you can actually cause some issues with your energy in doing that. And so you need somebody that can teach that. And I, I don't personally teach that material. I just, I'm aware of it and I'm telling you, you need somebody that knows what they're doing with that in order for you to go through it smoothly and safely. What kind of energetic problems can happen? Well, your energy gets um, your energy gets deranged and then your body functions can go out of whack because you see it's like circulation. If you stop the chi flowing in a particular direction or you force the chi in a particular direction, it's the forceful material, either stopping or making it, yes, that generally can cause duration in the channels of the body, which affects how you think, how your body functions, your emotions, yes. And I've met a couple of people down the road that have done these things forcefully. They have kidney issues. They have various things, okay? And honestly, this is not my forte. So I'm only touching the very edges of this, yes? But, but sex is a natural act between people. And so in the stressful time, it's too much sex can deplete your chi. Yes? But abstaining forcefully from sex can also do the same. So here we are again on the old scale. Either extreme isn't good for you. Somewhere in the middle and you're fine. Yes? Thank you. So do you have any closing comments on these topics we've been discussing before we wrap up this episode? Okay. One last thing. Don't believe everything you read in the media. Most people have an opinion. And people like to project their opinions, whether they're truthful or not, whether they're correct or not, whether they have an agenda or not. And right now, there is an enormous amount of hype and... Of course, this is a dangerous situation. Of course, this virus is real. And of course, self-isolation is a sensible thing to do. Yes? But don't go off the deep end. Yes? Don't let all this stuff that's going on in the media and, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, if, 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 we're going to end up in this situation with that, and, 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 and. that, all that does for you is it gets the mind churning and it gets the mind absolutely panicked, yes? So I would stay in tune, yes, 
But don't run the news channels 24-7. It doesn't have a positive effect. Yes? Don't go out looking for it and don't avoid it. Allow a certain amount of information coming into your reality. But this is always this dichotomy between the spiritual and the secular. How much do you engage with reality, normal reality, normal material reality, and how much do you engage with your spiritual path? If you're in self-isolation right now, my advice is to go more in the direction of the spiritual path. You can't change what's going on out there. You can't make it go quicker or get over faster or change the fact that if you go out into crowds, you're likely to catch something at some point. Yes. But what you can do is you can stay at home and you can chill out and you can go into more of a spiritual direction. And that will do you much more good than tuning into the official and all the alternative news sources that are out there that's just gonna be flipping your mind from here to there to everywhere. Did they do it on purpose? Did we catch it? Did they get all this stuff? Yes, are they doing it to us? Is it a complete lie and they're just experimenting with us? I mean, every scenario is out there right now. And there is an enormous amount of chatter on things like Facebook and Twitter. I don't personally go on those much myself, but I mean, it's out there, yes? There is an enormous amount of this, yes? People clubbing in London last week saying it's a complete lie, blah, blah, blah. Chances are it's real and we can't do anything. So, stay at home, breathe, ride the wave, adapt to the changing circumstances. Paul Cavill, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Guru Viking podcast. For more information and more episodes in this series, visit www.guruviking.com.